The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Good day, everyone. Welcome again to another edition of Boomer Generation Radio. This is your host, Richard Address, coming to you from the beautiful studios of WWDB here in Greater Philadelphia. WWDB AM 860, and we are streaming live on WWDBAM.com. You can reach us at BoomerGenerationRadio at gmail.com and also Boomer Generation Radio's page on Facebook. And uh, we are going to be delighted to welcome Kate Curran and Leslie Millsap from Moving Station right after these words from our friends at Kendall. Hi, this is Kendall resident Harry Hammond. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio is brought to you by Kendall, a system of not-for-profit communities and services that advocates for and empowers older adults to reach their full potential. Kendall is committed to working with others as we together transform the experience of aging. To learn more about Kendall, that's K-E-N-D-A-L, visit discoverkendall.org or call toll-free 888-759-0128. Hi, welcome back to our first segment here on Boomer Generation Radio. Uh, again, coming to you from the studios of WWDB AM 860 here in Greater Philadelphia. Streaming live on WWDBAM.com and through the magic of technology, um, we are at <laughs> hopefully welcoming Kate Curran and Leslie Millsap, the Senior Account Manager and Senior Vice President at Moving Station. Uh, Kate and Leslie, are you there? We are. Hey, Hello. Great. It works. I'm always fascinated that it works. Tim is pushing <laughs> buttons, and, and and it's really cool. Anyway, uh, Kate and Leslie, welcome. welcome. You're, you guys are in Chicago, right, or somewhere around there? We are, yes. Great. We our weather your way. Don't send us any more snow. I mean, uh, please, <laughs> uh, like, uh, just open the window and make it uh, Iowa. Iowa could use it. They're yeah, not doing yeah. anything in the next week. Um, anyway, <laughs> Moving Station. Tell me about what Moving Station is. This is, has nothing to do with uh, uh, rotating railroad stations, correct? This is something else. You're right. Nothing to do with rotating railroad stations, no. we Moving Station is a national corporate relocation company. and We got our start about 20 years ago in the corporate arena, and then 15 years ago, we began our senior housing division actually as a very grassroots sort of situation. One of the service providers with whom we work, a van line, contacted us and said, you know, gosh, we're working with this community in central Illinois, and they're moving in a large number of folks into a senior housing community, and they really could utilize the support and assistance that, that we know you provide in helping people sell their houses and move their household goods, downsize, you know, all of those pieces that go into transitioning into senior housing. And so... Our senior housing division was founded in that way, and since that time, we, we now offer four unique programs at more than 200 senior housing communities across the country. So you're, so this is national. Let's make sure everybody understands that. Moving station, national uh, 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 relocation. So in other words, let me – so if I – I'm working with my parents. My parents are in their, let's say, eight, they're 80, and it's time they're no longer going to be able to live – independently in that beautiful suburban house, I can call you 
and you'll come in, you'll help me sell that house, pack me up, and move me into Shady Acres Assisted Living? Essentially, yes. We do partner with the communities themselves, so those are the folks that we are assisting, are those those future residents of the senior housing communities with whom we partner and that we provide those services to. So depending upon which community somebody is looking to move into, uh, depending upon which program that community is utilizing that we provide them, um, we're able to assist kind of with the full suite of relocation services, which is one of our programs that's essentially geared toward blue sky communities, those that are in construction. And then we have three other programs that are really specific to the sale of the home. And of course, we can still provide resources with downsizing and van line. But really, the, the main crux of those programs is to help people divest of that large home sale asset so that they can easily and with as little stress as possible transition into their new home. So if I need to contact you, let's get this out right away. How does one, and especially since you're national, so uh, how does one contact uh, Moving Station? Absolutely. Um, you essentially can just contact us, contact Moving Station, by our website, which is www.movingstation.com, and certainly as well call our, our division, which you can reach. It's a toll-free number at 888-337-7676. Okay, so we'll give that. Uh, we'll give, the, give me the phone number again. Absolutely, 888-337-7676. And then that, that would connect you to us, and we would be able to essentially share which communities may offer our services in that local area. So you mentioned like you have four levels, four categories of service that you offer to people. Could you just like real fast tell me what those four categories are so that people can have an understanding? Absolutely. The first program that I referenced is our Moving Made Easy program. That is the one that typically is offered at Blue Sky Communities where we're typically working with the future residents and the sales teams for about two to three years. And that is a total package. So it's the assistance downsizing, home sale, temporary housing should those needs be in existence, as well as moving the household goods into the community. And then also really scheduling the whole move process. And we take all of that move coordination and choreography, if you will, off of the plate of the community themselves. So that's the first of our programs. Um, the other three that are focused on specifically real estate are our home sale program, where we assist in selling the home in the broader market, and the, the future resident is partnered with a real estate counselor who is an employee of Moving Station, a licensed real estate broker who's there to be their advocate and their personal champion throughout the entire process of managing the home sale. Our home purchase program is based off of a corporate buyout model for those that are familiar with that type of service. The future resident is still partnered with the real estate counselor. We assist in selling the home for a period of time, and if the house doesn't sell on the broader market, we will offer a buyout for that property. And then our newest program, which we've been providing for about three years, is called the Quick Buy Program. And in that one, the home is sold directly without ever going on the broader market. So that really significantly reduces the hassle and stress of preparing the home for sale, selecting a real estate agent, and marketing and showing the home, which you know, as, as we know, is, is not the easiest process in the world of actually selling the property and having those showings and, you know, all of those pieces that go into a traditional real estate sale. So, in other words, this is the, what sets you apart, if I could, from other companies that will maybe help somebody move from point A to point B, 
especially as people are downsizing. What 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 seems to be moving stations um, unique approach is it's almost like one stop shopping. If I'm hearing you correctly, I call you up, and if I involve myself in one of these programs, especially that well these programs that you're talking about, you're going to come in. You're going to help me pack up, move. You're going to help me sell my house, relocate. Etc. Etc. So it really is almost if I'm and correct me if I'm wrong, almost like one-stop shopping. Is that correct? You're absolutely right, and I think where the you know the fact that we're national and can do this in every marketplace is because we are experts at helping determine who are those best service providers in a market. So the real estate counselor who works with each of the future residents is their one main central point of contact. But all of the service providers with whom they're working in that local area, wherever the home is located, they're all really hand-chosen to support that particular person in that particular area. So they've got that one central point of contact and those local experts. So let me ask you a question because this, I'm just going to talk about you know reference a friend of mine who, who had to do this, as many baby boomers are having to do this now. Their uh, father was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and they lived here in suburban Philadelphia. It came obvious that they had to move dad from his condo in Lauderdale back up here to an assisted living facility here in the greater Philadelphia area. So what you're telling me then is if if I had called moving station, you would have been able to work with me, uh, take care of this with dad in Florida, transport, move him up here and find and work with a, a facility here in the greater Philadelphia area. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. And that's actually, that's we, cool. we work with a lot of adult children um, because they're, they have other things going on. They've yeah. got family, they've got jobs. You know, there's a lot that they're experiencing as well. And you want to make sure that mom or dad's or, or mom and dad's home sale is being effectively managed. So, um, it's a great relief to those families to know that that's our job. You know, that's what we do all day, every day, is assist people in making this transition. And so it's a great relief for them in our experience of having that exact situation you described. How, how, do, you, how do you connect with the assisted living or the CCRCs, the Continuing Care Retirement Communities, around the country? How, how do you know which ones or do you – or does the client say uh, we're moving uh, into you know ABC Acres, a CCRC here in whatever? Uh, then do you then follow up with that with that community, or do you have a roster of communities that you were already into and you prefer to deal with? We do have a roster of communities with whom we already work. About 200 of them nationwide currently, but honestly probably every day almost, we get a phone call from a senior housing community who says, gosh, I've heard of your service. I'd like to be able to offer your service. I think our future residents would really benefit from being able to work with you. Um, and so, you know, we, we typically start the relationship in that fashion. So the, the, that, that's, you know, that's a great, you know, it's obviously a great relief for those of us who have worked with families trying to struggle with this, uh, the long, this long distance ramifications of this and really not knowing where to go sometimes even although a lot of families spend a tremendous amount of time rightfully so doing the research so obviously this one-stop shopping idea is is probably the the major motivation is it not 
for why somebody is going to call moving station. Would that be a correct assess- assessment? I would say, this is Leslie, good morning. Hi, Leslie. Um, I would say certainly the one-stop shop and also just having an, the real estate counselor as an advocate and a champion, um, someone who does this day in and day out who can really help with navigating um, the choppy waters of, of making this transition as well as helping avoid some of the pitfalls and so, the struggles. Yeah, Leslie, talk, talk to me a little bit before we take this little break. Talk to me a little bit about why it's important to have this advocate. Well, having someone who has done this over and over again, they kind of know what's coming up, and they know how to avoid those those bumps in the road. Um And also, too, as someone who's going through this or a family who's going through this, there are a lot of moving parts and pieces, and sometimes you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So if you have someone who can say, hey, these are the things that we need to be thinking about, let's do them early so that we can avoid a lot of that stress and hassle that comes along with this, it just makes it so much easier for all parties involved. So we are talking with Kay Karen and Leslie Millsap, a senior account manager and senior vice president of Moving Station, a very, very interesting concept, uh, which will be able to work with you as you downsize and help perhaps your parents move into a CCRC or other type of facility, and they'll come in and work with you selling the house, moving moving your loved ones, moving them in, getting everything settled, taking all that uh, hassle and stress away from you and we're going to be back to talk to them and explore some some of the top things that we need to be concerned about worried about and things that come up in their experience we'll do that right after this brief word from our friends at kendall hi this is kendall staff member sheila sylvester this portion of boomer generation radio is brought to you by kendall a system of not-for-profit communities and services that advocates for and empowers older adults to reach their full potential. Kendall is committed to working with others as we together transform the experience of aging. To learn more about Kendall, that's K-E-N-D-A-L, visit discoverkendall.org or call toll-free 888-759-0128. Welcome back to our here our first segment here on today's edition of Boomer Generation Radio. We are speaking with Kate Curran and Leslie Millsap, Senior Account Manager and Senior Vice President of Moving Station. They're located in Chicago, but are a national company that helps me take care of my parents or perhaps myself as I want to sell my house, downsize, move into a CCRC, a Continuing Care Retirement Community, or perhaps another form of uh, senior housing. And they have a network of people all over the country who do this. Um, once again, uh, Leslie, give me, the, give me the website and the phone number for someone who may want to contact you. www.movingstation.com and the phone number 888 what what if I'm selling my house I'm I'm downsizing I'm I'm you know we've lived here in this beautiful suburban development for 35 years everybody's grown it's the empty nest the nest is falling apart and uh, now it's time to 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 move out and move into that next stage what what do I need to know about selling that particular piece of property I mean I'm not it's not like when we were 30 and moving into our first house I have to worry about schools 
what do I need to know as I'm selling now in this next stage and moving into that next stage? There are so many, many, many moving parts and pieces. And the one thing that I think everyone needs to keep in mind is it's individual. Your experience is going to be different from your brother-in-law's experience or your neighbor's experience. And you really want to get the expertise in the local market for your home. And really let that be the guiding light as to what direction you go and how you move forward with making this move. Something you you just mentioned is that, you know, the, the nest might be falling apart. And I think so often, you know, as people are looking at selling real estate, they think about, um, you know, our friends at HGTV who have made this industry um, very, very hip and popular. You know, and it's almost as though staging these days is a dirty word. You know, people who are getting ready to sell their home get so worried because they think, my gosh, I've got these deferred projects or my home doesn't look like those homes that I see on TV. And so am I going to be successful in selling my property? And it's so important for people to remember that the, the reality is not what they see on television. You know, a lot of buyers today might think that that's what they need and what they are going to get, but typically a lot of them can't afford those, <laughs> those different um, things that they're seeing on television. So for those people who are looking at putting their home on the market or putting their mom and dad's home on the market, you know, it's really getting a sense from local real estate experts of what that buyer pool realistically is expecting in that marketplace and what is manageable. You know, maybe some some removing wallpaper, custom paint colors being painted more neutral, things that are easier and, and smaller um, pieces of the puzzle that are still going to make a difference mm-hmm. when it comes to putting the home on the market. So let me let me I ask you um, um <laughs> The word clutter comes to mind. I'm thinking of my own house, um, which is sort of like a, um, a repository of clutter. I think there's still boxes in the garage that when we moved in 20, 30 years ago are still unpacked, you know, still there. Um, and I think this is a little bit more typical than, as you, would po- as you were pointing out, those television shows uh, where everything seems to, you know, you can – redesign an entire home in 30 set 30 minutes and everything works out fine and they're all smiles the real world doesn't work that way the Not at all. so how do you how do you come into a home let's say it, people in their 70s 80s 70s they need to move they want to move it's time they walk in there they it's so overwhelming there's so much stuff clutter junk um a lot of which has Real deep personal meaning to somebody that that box of you know uh, stuff that may have been left over from their kids' high school days has great sentimental meaning. And may how do you begin to work with a family to make those judgments as to what to throw away and what to keep and what to move and how do you do that? I'm sure you've had tons of experience with this. Absolutely, you know there's a great service that exists out there that is that of a professional organizer or a senior move manager, and they can be a wonderful, wonderful help. Um, those are the types of people that we partner with usually if we've got a, a marketplace where um, we're helping people go through this process. But just you know, 
over the 15-year history that we have, we've obviously um, helped a lot of people walk through that even when they didn't have outside support. And so we've got a lot of tips and tricks and things like that that we can share with people. And you're absolutely right. This is such an emotional process for people. And so in our experience, starting small is important. You know, even just setting aside 30 minutes a day and really holding yourself to that and not going over because then it does become very overwhelming. If you if you start to work on a project and two or three hours goes by, there's just there's too much. You know, there's there's too much to try to deal with. So setting aside a small chunk of time every day, almost making a date with yourself to do that, setting the timer and being done after that thirty minutes is over. People do that. People do that. Yes, wow. I know. It seems, it seems uh, crazy, doesn't it? There's I know. No I, way I, in the God's earth yeah. that I would be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Something to strive for, right? No, no. That's just the. I would say this is my thirty minutes to pack boxes. I, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, congratulations, your ability to to get people to do that. Boy, go ahead. Well, I'm and sorry. I do it. No, you're absolutely right. And it's, I think a lot of times it's not even packing boxes because as you said, you know, you moved into your house 20, 30 years ago and you still have boxes sitting in the garage, you know, and that's, that's the reality for almost all of us. And so just starting this process when you're not in a state of emergency, you know, you're not needing to do this right away, that's one of the best things that you can do. And just kind of starting small and starting maybe with the junk drawer in the kitchen or, you know, maybe going through your clothes and figuring out what you no longer wear. Well, I hope my um, wife is listening to this. <laughs> my husband would probably say the same thing. Well, to me <laughs> But, but it's just those small, those small chunks is what we typically recommend. And then that, then you save those larger, more emotional projects for once you've been through some of the easier things. Now, I think actually what you're pointing out is, is really important. The fact that this, these decisions, which are momentous decisions, uh, especially when you're transitioning from, let's say, the family home to that next stage into a CCRC or assisted living, it's not something you just decide to do on a whim. So before we start running out of time, let, let me ask you on your experience in, in the, um, the senior housing division here of Moving Station, how long is it that you typically see if a, with a working with a family that they make the decision, okay, now's the time to when they actually complete the move? Is it a year process? Is it six months? So just on average, because I think what you're alluding to, that this is this does take time. You know, we we see the range, the gamut, it's, and it's different. Um, some people are planners, and they are thinking ahead a couple of years, and then you have others who say, okay, now it's time. I want to make this happen in the next 90 days. Wow. Or even 30 days. Um, so it it's, it really does vary. Wow! Somebody do that. Somebody does this in thirty days. They do, which is which is the whole reason our our quick buy program exists. Wow! Is so that? that's the, that the quick buy thing is is real fast because we're going about running out of time. What's that quick buy program? I'm, that fascinates me. So the quick buy program um, it came about because. A lot of the families that we worked with and we were preparing them for this transition, they would just say, can you just buy my house? I don't want to do this. Oh, I just I okay. want to just hand somebody the keys and walk away and move into my new home. Um, we listened, and we developed a program that basically we established the value of the home. 
make an offer. They have a decision of whether or not they want to do that, and they can close in as little as 30 days. Wow. They are in charge. They they are determining how quickly that happens. That's cool. That's great to know. All right. Before we have to sign off this segment, real fast, Moving Station, give me the phone number and the website one more time. The website is www.movingstation.com and the phone number 888-337-7676. We've been speaking with Kate Curran and Leslie Millsap, the Senior Account Manager and Senior Vice President of Moving Station. They're located in Chicago, a national company. They're going to come in and help you organize Buy your house, sell your house, move your into that or your your parents into that next uh, phase of moving and residence. And uh, Kate and Leslie, thank you very much. Lots of information. Lots of. Uh, I wish you continued good luck. I, I imagine there's uh, very few dull days in what you do, and uh, with every family being different and every situation different. So thank you very much for joining us and giving us your time here on uh, today's edition of Boomer Generation Radio. Take care and uh, stay warm out there in Chicago. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Thank you. Take care. Uh, we're going to close out the month of January because I think this is uh, almost the end of January, which in itself is hard to believe with our uh, Joni Mitchell month. And this is um, it's just a lovely, lovely piece of music from the good old days.
Hi, this is Kendall resident Harry Hammond. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio is brought to you by Kendall, a system of not-for-profit communities and services in eight states that advocates for and empowers older adults to reach their full potential. Please join us in together transforming the experience of aging. To learn more about Kendall, that's K-E-N-D-A-L, visit discoverkendall.org or call toll-free 888-759-0128. Hi, welcome back to our second segment on today's edition of Boomer Generation Radio, coming to you from uh, WWDB here in greater Philadelphia, WWDB AM 860. And we're streaming live on www.dbam.com. You can reach us on Boomer Generation Radio at gmail.com or the Boomer Generation Radio page on Facebook. And a reminder that the podcast of our shows are archived on Jewish Sacred Aging. That's www.jewishsacredaging.com. You can find um, most of all the shows um, from these last couple of years. I also want to remind you that next Tuesday, February 2nd, we're actually beginning our, I think it's our fourth year um, here at DB, which is really hard to believe. And we're going to be um, welcoming for the entire hour and with call-in possibilities, um, we'll be telling you about that uh, as we go through the week. Uh, Dr. Rick Moody, one of the leading experts uh, in really healthy and progressive, sacred, whatever you want to call it, um, aging here in the United States of America, prolific writer, author, speaker. Rick will be calling in, joining us from his home in Colorado, and he'll be here for the entire hour. And so I really invite you to, uh, if you're interested in getting a little bit of a different take um on this whole phenomenon of what's happening with us and longevity and some of the issues associated with that, uh, both spiritual, physical, emotional, and theological, um, Rick Moody will be here as our guest uh, next Tuesday, February 2nd, 10 to 11, uh, here on Boomer Generation Radio. And we are very pleased to welcome to the studio our second guest here on today's edition of Boomer Generation Radio, Abby Michaleski, a licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor. Located uh, your office in southern New Jersey? In Voorhees, New Jersey. Voorhees, New Jersey. So welcome, Abby. Welcome to Boomer Generation Radio. The subject of addictions, um, would some people, I would think, would say, why are you talking about that for a show that's focused on baby boomers and their families? After all, this is this is something for young people. But what we see as I travel and go around the country and, and do some research uh, this issue is no long is not limited to uh, 18 to 30 year olds. This is something uh, in baby boomer world and older adult world exists. And let me ask you something: Is this uh, situation with addictions growing amongst older adults? I do believe that is growing. It's often described as a hidden epidemic. So certainly as uh, the baby boomers age, um, it's anticipated that it will continue to grow. So one of the obvious questions that everybody always asks is, well, this is a generation that in the good old days of the 60s, the halcyon days of the 60s and 70s, you know, the rock and roll culture, drugs, sex and rock and roll, the three, the the sacred trinity of, of, for some people, their youth, has just been carried on to their um, 50s and 60s. Is this true, or is uh, or there is are new types of addictions that are now surfacing amongst the AARP generation? Well, I I 
think it's it's a fairly complicated situation. It's not really black and white. Like there's there's different types of issues with the older with the older generate older adults. Um, some from you know the, it's called early onset people that have had problems, substance use problems all their lives and it's continuing, or they've actually been sober. And as they get older, it, it, the problem resurfaces. Um, there's problems in the older, older adults that never had any substance abuse problem. They're called late onset. Mm. Um, usually, you know, the, the age varies 50, 60, um, perhaps after 40, the problems develop that that are um, mostly around alcohol use and misuse and prescription medications. We then have a growing issue with, as the baby boomers age, that have a different perspective around um, illicit drugs, in particular uh, marijuana, and um and of course we also have a significant rise in prescription for, of opiate prescription use which in this particular generation um is is a growing problem so you just ticked off um enough for maybe five or six yes. shows <laughs> yes so, it's so, complicated no it's it is very so, so so the alcohol the um, prescription drug um mm-hmm. phenomenon which which I keep running into people who have surgeries mm-hmm. get to get prescribed. Right, that's oxy, often how it starts: oxycodone, oxycodone, or oxycodone right. Percocet. And there's a, these are very addictive drugs, aren't they? Extremely addictive. It doesn't. You could take it for you know a week, two weeks, and you are going to be physically dependent. Doesn't mean that you have addiction. Um, the two are not. Um, you can be physically dependent on a substance and not have addiction. But it certainly could lead to it. It's complicated because you're mixing with other drugs. And then if you decide to, you know, you want to come off of it, um, it becomes an, another problem. Are too many people getting too many prescriptions for too many drugs? Yes, it's very, it's very clear. Research has showed there's lots in the media that within the medical world, the medical field, prescribing um, uh, uh, opiates in particular has risen and, and some have even acknowledged in the medical world created a problem. Really? There's a, there's been an attempt to, to contain it mm-hmm. in the last years because of, um, uh, because of so many deaths related to opiate use, abuse. Um, accidental deaths, mixing of medications, certainly benzodiazepines, like tranquilizers, sleep medications, um, with the older, with adult, older adults in particular, and women e- even more so, um, it's been a problem for a long time. Women? Um, women will tend to get prescribed uh, benzodiazepines, uh, Xanax. Oh, Xanax. Uh, right. Xanax, Valium, Librium, um, probably more than, more than men. Um, so, so we are in a in a world, is certainly in a in a country where often the first intervention is a psychoactive drug, um, which is one of the uh, one of the when we talk about well what can we do about about the the issue is trying alternative 
alternative interventions. Um, you Such know, addressing, as. addressing, rather than addressing sleep problems, which of course get worse and worse as often as people age, it's a significant problem in the older generation, um, rather than prescribing, um, uh, barbiturates, hypnotics like, like Alcyon, um, Ambien, I um, saw so a wonderful commercial last night. I can't remember the, the name of the drug, but it's a similar, it's a hypnotic, um, benzodiazepines to, to provide behavioral interventions around sleep. Um, you know, the, the medical, the, the healthcare provider, medical provider has a great influence in, you know, encouraging people to exercise, to, you know, use non-substance interventions, drug drug interventions. The is there such a thing as a functioning alcoholic? Absolutely, absolutely, um, yes. And one of the things that we see in the older generation is the, the substance use problems in the older generation often looks very different. Than the younger generation. So when you have people that are retired, you um, or you know they're not having work problems, they're not drinking and driving. Um, often, rather, while there is a percentage, three to five percent of people with alcohol problems in the in older adults um, have a uh, will meet diagnostic criteria. 20 to 25 percent, it's estimated, have alcohol problems. Use, they're calling it abuse or misuse. So the primary problem is not necessarily um, addiction, alcoholism, but more abuse and misuse. So you you're in a private practice in yes. in Voorhees. Let me let, let me just let's get this. Uh, if somebody wants to follow up and get in touch with you, how do they do that? Well, they can call my office number, which is 856-912-7609. 912-7609. That is, that is the best way to reach and me. And the 856. And there's a website? There's a website. I do have a website, rabbiabby.com. You can reach me that way. A-B-B-Y. A-B-B-Y, right. R-A-B-B-I, A-B-B-Y.com. The best way probably is is using my my office number. We hear that, and you are you are a, a licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor. We, we we talk about addictions all the time. Give me a layman's definition of the word addictions. Well, the the term addiction is actually not a clinical term. The term that's used in the like the diagnostic statistical manual is a substance use disorder. Um, a layman's, uh, or, or a quick way to describe it is, uh, the, is a brain disorder that's characterized by, um, uh, physical, emotional, spiritual issues, problems, um, particularly, um, exhibited through loss of control. So when somebody's using a substance, if they're exhibiting uh, loss of control over that substance, they'll often meet diagnostic criteria for substance use disorder, which is a set of symptoms, mm-hmm. just like you would diagnose um, diabetes. What, what's the um, 
you, you sort of like alluded to it before. I just want to explore it a little mm-hmm. bit. What's the mental health component to addictions? In other words, if, if I'm addicted to a substance, chemical, you know, whatever, is there a mental health component that triggers this or emerges from it? Is there a depression or is there some other thing? Um, that ties in are they are these are these two things linked in any way shape or form they're they're often linked they're not always linked so for example if you are if you you break your arm and you're prescribed opiates you you're prescribed Percocet, per, you know, uh, oxycodone, oxycotton. Um, you could be the healthiest person in the world, m- emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Had a wonderful upbringing. Parents are absolutely wonderful. You're prescribed this medication. Within sometimes three to five days, a week, a month, you'll become physically dependent on the substance, and then um, you try to get off of it. You, and you experience huge, horrible withdrawal symptoms because that's what the substance does. That um, that situation is ultimately going to affect your mental health mm-hmm. uh, as well as every other part of your of your being. Now, you also may have started, particularly in the older older adults, what we see in late onset people. Um, uh, you know, when there's a significant losses, there's multiple losses. Um, you know, loss of a spouse, loss of income, loss of a job. There's lonely. Um, that they'll, they'll often sometimes start drinking, which is why alcohol is often a, a primary, um, uh, most abused substance in, in older still, adults. Is it still? I mean, it's alco- still, al- al- it's still alcohol. Really? Um, it's it, yes. That that is the primary substance. Um, uh, the misuse abuse then com- comes with interaction of alcohol and sleeping medication. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is sometimes in what we see in early onset use, there's often trauma in a person's background. And, um, you know, substances are used to emotionally, spiritually self-medicate. So it's complicated in that there's usually physical, emotional, spiritual um, uh, variables. I, I think that's important for people to understand that rather than just Band-Aid this or, or label it, somebody has an addiction issue, well, then just go take care of it. This is It's so complex. From what I'm hearing you say that, no matter what age you are, this is a manifestation of, of a whole variety of different issues that trigger. Yes. And if yes. It, even if it's triggered through a, like a surgery, for example, that also can lead to, you know, coming out or coming to the fore, all kinds of previous issues. Am I, am I misstating that? Um, it could possibly mm-hmm. uh, bring um, uh, trigger... Um, underlying issues all could also lead to issues as a result of the substance use. We know that one of the things we know that substance use disorders are treatable. They're complex, but they're treatable. 
However, in order to really succeed, you have to address the biopsychosocial spiritual issues, right. which is why people relapse because it is so complicated. We're speaking with Abby Michaleski, the licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor from Voorhees, New Jersey, on some of this rather complicated, very complicated and complex issue of substance abuse and addictions amongst uh, older adults, baby boomers. Uh, and we'll be returning to Abby here on Boomer Generation Radio right after this message from our friends at Kendall. Hi, this is Kendall staff member Sheila Sylvester. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio was brought to you by Kendall, a system of not-for-profit communities and services in eight states that advocates for and empowers older adults to reach their full potential. Please join us in Together Transforming the Experience of Aging. To learn more about Kendall, that's K-E-N-D-A-L, visit discoverkendall.org or call toll-free 888-759-0128. Welcome back to our second segment here in Boomer Generation Radio here on WWDB AM 860 in Philadelphia, streaming live on WWDBAM.com. We're with Abby Michaleski, a licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor from southern New Jersey. Uh, and again, real fast, Abby, somebody wants to get in touch with you. What's the phone number? 856-912-7609. Um, you're, you're a clergy person. We've identified that. What's the role of the spirit? What's the spiritual component in treating substance abuse, some people with addictions? What I mean, we, everybody knows the twelve-step program. Which, but what in your practice, the people who who you deal with, the families that you deal with, what's the role of the spiritual? Not necessarily the religious. You know, I'm a member of a of a church or a synagogue, or I'm up, but the spiritual component. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? There's often a blurry line between the spiritual and the emotional. People with, you know, people with or without substance use disorders are, um, you know, we often question what our purpose is, why we're here on earth, um, when life is really, really hard, really challenging, those questions become even more significant. Um, you know, seeking um, guidance uh, from you know beyond our beyond our fellow person. Um, you know, what is my path? Where where am I going? When people are caught in a substance or are impacted by a substance use disorder or or, or living with a substance use disorder or experiencing emotional problems like loneliness and loss and grief, those questions, um, there's often this sense of there's, there's no purpose. There's no, no purpose for being alive. So the spiritual is an important piece of the whole self. And wellness um, in order to have wellness, we need to not only exercise and take care of ourselves and have fun, um, which is all, I think, a part of spirituality, um, but we need to have a way to 
to connect with, um, to, to answer those, some of those questions for ourselves, um, and, and see that there's something greater than ourselves. One of the reasons that the 12 step, step programs are so successful is it's a, it's a spiritual path that at its core is that there's something greater than ourselves. It's not all about me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the behavioral interventions, um, whether it's through a 12 step program or it's dealing with, you know, your, your 80 year old parent is connections with other people, um, having, having a purpose. Um, feeling like you are, um, you're needed and that you can be of support to others. These are spiritual, these are spiritual issues. This, um, in the popular, in the media, okay, in the media and books or whatever, sometimes they deal with people who are addicted to a particular substance, et cetera, et cetera, and it's always portrayed they have to hit rock bottom, whatever that means, before they can understand that they need help. In your practice, does everybody have to hit that lowest, lowest position before they reach out or are there variations Absolutely on the theme? Absolutely not. Yeah, talk to Absolutely me about that. Absolutely not. So there's a saying in the rooms of AA, you can get off the elevator at any floor. <laughs> and very often people will um, see, uh, see, see problems, see symptoms very, very early on. And they'll say, this is, uh, this is not the path that I want to go down. And they'll make changes in their lives. Very often they may need support because we need each other, um, to make those changes, but you can make changes at any, at any time. The deeper you, the deeper you go into the, the, the illness, it's a, one of the ways the illness is described is as a thought disorder. So your brain, your brain is impacted by the substance use or even a, a, a behavioral obsession, compulsion, if you will, like gambling. And so your brain starts, your, your brain's not functioning really well. And you begin to create um, coping mechanisms to protect yourself, otherwise known as denial, rationalization, minimization. So the hitting bottom is often is sometimes needed, maybe even often needed for um, for the person to 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 let go of that protective measure measures and say, yes, I really need to do something different. So it's a whole wide range. Um, and, and you can make changes at any, any part in that continuum. Uh, we're going to run out of time soon. So I want to, um, and there's just so much. So we're mm-hmm. eventually going to have to have you back. So the, Here's a scenario that I, I would guarantee you that our people who of our generation are facing, their grandparents. Mm-hmm. And they love their children and they really love their grandchildren. And yet they turn around and see that grandchild of theirs at 16 or 21 uh, really being involved with some heavy-duty stuff. And mom and dad may just have no idea that either A, it's going on, or B, know what to do. And here they are, grandmom and grandpop, and their heart is breaking. How did, I'm sure you've dealt with this in your practice. How do they begin to 
reach into that family system and and are the same drug addiction issues that where they may have been going through in the 60s are they the same now that these college kids and high school kids are going through now Yes, yeah, so this is absolutely a very real and prevalent and often hidden problem. Um, we are, we in our country are in the midst of a, of an opiate, uh, epidemic, um, oxycotton and or heroin. It doesn't discriminate by a, by, by socioeconomic status. It's very real. Um, and there's so much shame and stigma around it that people are not talking about it so many. Many are suffering in silence, particularly, you know, grandparents, older adults. Um, one, so, so one of, so, one of the things that we need to do is, is begin, which is part of why I'm here, is to begin to break down the stigma, letting people know that it's okay to, to share, mm-hmm. um, to realize that there are many, many, that are many in the same position. Um, and, you know, in, in how do you share? What do you, if you're trying to, you know, talk to your kids, um, about their kids to really hone in on the fact that young people are dying between 20 and 30 year olds. That is the, the highest, um, the, the demographic that young people are dying and it can happen to anyone, anywhere. And if, um, that speaking up is critical in order to to help the people that you love. And as hard as that is, um, and as scary as it is, um, not saying anything. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So having so stepping, I want to say stepping up, but being brave and and speaking up wherever you can in any way that you can, and also reaching out for help. Reaching out for help to have those difficult conversations. In your practice, with people who come to you to deal with this in their family, and it is, as you've pointed out, this whole whole interview, a family systems issue. Yes. Do you help create strategies for a parent or a grandparent to enter into this conversation? Yes, I will work with a family member to help them um, explore options, explore. Um, Ways to talk about it, certainly to understand better what's going on, because people are often very confused and afraid, and they just they just don't understand. So, getting some education around around the issue can be really helpful, and then to work with them on on words to use, conversations to, to have, um, and ways that they themselves actually. If they feel like they've done everything they possibly can, ways that they themselves can um, heal and 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 cope with a very very painful difficult situation, family situation. This idea of having the conversation again of of reducing the stigma by just talking, bringing this out into the open, and having a public conversation about this. You're you're going to be doing. A couple of programs at a synagogue in South Jersey, specifically on addictions, correct? Yes. And that is where and when? That is at McCor Shalom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. It is on 
February 21st and 28th, uh, the two Sundays from 9.30 to 11 o'clock. Um, this particular program is on addiction in the Jewish community. It's certainly open to anyone, um, to, in, in the, the, it's open to anyone in, in the public. And my hope is that it's the beginning, um, to begin the conversation that will lead to, um, continuing discussion. And to get in touch with you, how did this, how does, cause you're available to bring this message out into groups and companies and churches and synagogues and whatever organizations. Cause this is, as you said, this is an epidemic. Yes. Okay. So again, how does one get a hold of you? So you could reach me through my office, my, my private counseling office at 856-912-7609 through my website, rabbiabby.com. You can also get more information about the program, uh, at McCor Shalom at, uh, 856-424 Abby Michaleski, licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor. Thank you very much. We just touched the service, so um, will you be available to come back sometime in the future to talk? Thank you, Richard. I would absolutely love to come back. Any opportunity I have to talk and teach about this issue, I'm I'm right there. No, thanks. Lots of lots of really good information. Continued good luck. Continued success. Thank you. We'll see you again next week, Dr. Rick Moody, for the entire hour on these new perspectives of our longevity revolution. Take care. Have a great week. Stay safe. And if you're in the Philadelphia area, keep praying for no snow. Actually, pray for baseball season. 